joining us. These guys are really the team. These guys are really, <clears throat> really the, to actually get it done. Uh, youth, we're going to go ahead and dismiss that gaggle right now as Justin, uh, Justin called you there. But um, we celebrate you and we're thankful for you. Um, enjoy your time of teaching this morning. We're going to get into our time of teaching uh, here as well. And, um, you know, church, I am um, I'm absolutely amazed uh, when we come together on a Sunday morning. Um, I, I'm amazed to be able to, to stand up here and to, to see uh, the collection of people that God brings together. I'm amazed, first and foremost, by, by his grace um, that, that I get to stand in front of this church, to, to lead this church, to, to share God's word with you. Um, it's actually amazing and humbling um, to me, God's grace. Um, but I'm also amazed at the collection of people that he gathers every Sunday. Some of you are brand new here. Some of you have been here for years. Some of you are just passing through. Uh, it, it's amazing, the collection uh, of people. It's, you're remarkable, really. And, and uh, I don't just say that because, hey, we've got uh, lots of uh, young potential or we've got uh, lots that are getting uh, degrees or lots that are serving professionally in uh, kind of big fields uh, of medical or, or science or research, whatever it is. But it, it is remarkable. We have a bunch of world changers here. And I don't just say that for those who are like, yeah, my position says this, or my career track shows this, or my degree is this, because the reality, what we believe is that every single one of you is incredible, that God has uniquely gifted, shaped, created you for a special purpose. And that's absolutely what I see when I stand up here before you. Now, now I know from our weeks that uh, sometimes we show up here and we don't feel very remarkable. We don't feel very incredible. You may be here and say, I, man, I was just trying to wake up for work and get through the week and get a paycheck. Or maybe you say, I was just trying to get the kids a couple baths a week, uh, get, them, uh, get them through potty training, whatever, whatever it may be. Some of you may say, man, my, my week is filled with questions about health and wondering, thinking my, my days have gone behind me. I don't know what I have in front of me anymore. Uh, some of us feel like we show up, hey, we're still struggling with, with lots, of, lots of sin. I don't know what God, God has for me. Or we feel like, you know what, I'm just kind of lukewarm in life going through uh, the motions. And we show up here in this place, but that's why we show up here on a Sunday. Because those days, uh, those struggles that we go through, those circumstances do not define who we are in Christ Jesus. No, and that's exactly the reason why starting in this year, uh, God laid on my heart that we need to be in the series that we're in right now, a series called uh, Ignite, uh, because in Christ Jesus, you are called to live a life of passion. In Christ Jesus, you are called to live a life of purpose and calling and even a life of productivity and fruitfulness for the name of Jesus. And so we're getting into this series, and uh, we are going to come to understand who God created us to be. We're going to come to understand how it is that God calls us to be about his work and to do a work here on earth. We're going to uh, come to, to learn and to seek how it is that we stay focused in a world that's full of distractions. You know, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared long ago for us to do. And we need to be, as followers of Jesus, men and women, boys and girls who are a part of seeking what God has for us. 
And so we're here, we're going to, if you don't know about that, you'll maybe be ignited during this time. Maybe uh, you've kind of, your passion has waned a little bit, you're going to be reignited. Week one today, we're going to talk about uh, what it is uh, that we are uh, created to be, what it is to be called by God. And then uh, we're going to talk about some of the hindrances that get in the way, that cause our passion to wane, our direction to fail, our purpose to go by the wayside. Week two, next week, we're going to talk about our past experience, how it is that God uniquely shapes each one of us. We go through these experiences in life. Some of them seem long and tedious. Some of them seem like they have no purpose. But through it all, God is uniquely shaping you to be about his work, and he wants to use you uh, to be about his work. We're going to talk about that next week. Week three, we're going to talk about calling, how it is that God calls us. I mean, is it that we get a phone call from him? Does he send us a text message that says, do this or do that? What does it look like uh, in our life? What, what does it mean to be called? And then finally, week four, we are going to talk about focus. Because even when we know what we are called to do, there are lots of distractions here in this world. And as we come into this series, Ignite, I hope that is something that we are anticipating that God wants to do in us. shuttle launching is an incredible picture, a powerful picture uh, of how uh, incredible, how wonderful, how amazing it is when something takes off. Uh, when a, a space shuttle mission, I know they don't happen anymore, but uh, the space shuttle missions where they come with focus, where they come with purpose, where they come with, with direction that is given to fulfill that mission that is to be out there. Now, uh, if you know anything about the preparation for those shuttle launches, it would take years and months of uh, people working together uh, to, to make that happen, to come to that moment when everything aligns perfectly and liftoff happens and launch happens and mission goes forward. Now, this is a, a vision that, that excites us about our lives here uh, in uh, discovery, our lives here in this world, our lives with Jesus, because there's something incredibly powerful when a life takes off and is about the purpose that God has called us to be. Now, there's a lot that may go into that, a, a lot of preparation, a lot of training, a lot of focus, a lot of uh, trial and error to get just right, to get to that point. And, and when that happens, we, we celebrate that, but all of that, that, that goes in there. And sometimes in the midst of that, we can get a little bit derailed. Sometimes uh, we can kind of get into life and it can take away our passion. You know, we can feel like, ever seen a picture of a space shuttle when they're kind of just wheeling it out on that slow platform to get it out to, to the launch pad. It's just kind of slow. It says, that's not what the shuttle's supposed to be doing. 
Uh, or you just see the shuttle sitting there. There's an anticipation, but a shuttle is not just supposed to sit there. It's meant to uh, launch, to be uh, blasting off. And many of us in life, we feel like we're in that point, well, I'm just kind of on the slow platform. It's just kind of going through life. We don't, we're not realizing our purpose. Other of us, we may just say, you know what, I'm just kind of sitting in one place or maybe uh, spinning in circles. We're not about where we want to be. And so uh, we want to seek God's word. We want to find out what he has to say to us, that we can live a life that is a passionate for him, a life that is purposeful in him, a life that has focus and direction. We're going to go to God's word and we're going to turn uh, to the book of 2 Timothy, which is in the New Testament uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can open up that app and it should, uh, if you click on the Bible tab, take you right uh, to 2 Timothy. If you need a Bible, put up your hand. Uh, we'd love for everybody to have a, a paper copy of a Bible as well. One of our ushers will bring you one. Uh, 2 Timothy can be found on page 854 in that Bible. Also, throughout this week and throughout this series, there's a reading plan on the app. Uh, that will continue to reinforce the things. So, so this week you will be able to read through 2 Timothy if you open up that uh, Bible app and um, go through the reading plan there. We're going to look at 2 Timothy. And one of the things that we need to know as we get into books of the Bible is that uh, books of the Bible were written um, by someone to someone for a purpose. And so when we get to uh, the letters of First and 2 Timothy, uh, they were written to a guy named Timothy. Um, by a guy named Paul uh, for a specific purpose. Uh, now, Paul was one of these great missionaries out there in the faith, the first one that really kind of uh, built uh, the church as the Holy Spirit moved through him, uh, as he proclaimed the gospel from place to place. And Timothy was kind of his young uh, apprentice that, that one day he called alongside of him, and, and uh, he had called this young leader, Timothy, one day to say, you know what, you go to this church in a city called Ephesus, and you establish the church of Jesus. You strengthen the church of Jesus. So Timothy was uh, this young leader called to a specific place, given a task, given a purpose. But something that we learn about Timothy is that he was easily discouraged. He easily got off track. And so Tim, Paul would write him these letters and say to encourage him, to strengthen him, to get his focus back. And that's what we find as we come to 2 Timothy. Now, the good news is it wasn't just a letter written by one guy to another guy. It is God's word, and he wrote it so that we can know what he has to say to us today. And so we'll read 2 Timothy verses 1, 1 through 7. It's a letter, and it begins with this greeting. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. In these first couple of passages, we see the relationship that's there between Paul, the older mentor, and Timothy, uh, the younger man who is trying to fulfill his calling. It's a calling. It's a relationship that's established in Christ Jesus. Verse 3 continues, and Paul says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Again, note the relationship that is there. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you 
to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. God, I pray that you would take these words that you had written down, that we could read them today, that we could hear from you, that your spirit would come and you would speak to each one of us in the place that we are at, and that you would lead us in the life that you have for us. In Jesus' name and by your spirit, amen. Of the lessons that we learn from this scripture here, the, the first lesson is probably this. The passionate, purposeful life happens together. And we notice the relationship that is there between Paul and Timothy. I'm not going to belabor this because we talk about this often, but uh, some of us are still trying to live this life in Christ on our own. As we come into a new year, some of us are still trying to do it on our own. Uh, we're, we're too busy. We figure we can do it just going out on our own. And we can't. We're not meant to. Our passion always wanes. We lose track. We need somebody in our life who will be that voice of encouragement and speak into us, just like Paul was to Timothy. And, and I know that as a church, we are constantly asking the question, how can we improve the way that as new people come in? Uh, that we can improve the connections that people have with each other. And, and we're asking that question here again. How is it that we can help you connect more easily? But here it is, church, that uh, you need to take that step forward too. Because we can do everything perfectly, create those pathways. But ultimately it comes down from us, ready to take a step forward. If you're feeling like Timothy, you need somebody who will be an encouraging voice to you, who will keep you focused on what you do. That's what we do for one another. We spur one another on. We encourage one another daily because the days are hard. If you are somebody who's been around a little bit, you know, there's a lot of Timothys out there who need somebody like Paul to speak into their life, to be that voice of encouragement. Uh, to look to those who are just kind of a wanderer, don't know where to begin, to say, you know what, I'm going to be that encourager. I'm going to be the one that speaks into life because I've walked something, I've learned some things. It's a wonderful role, especially for uh, those of us are, who are older, to be able to speak into the younger. And for those of you who are younger, to be open, to desire that. The passionate, purposeful life happens together in this community that we call church. And notice as well what it then says in verse 5 and 6. Paul points back to Timothy's family, his upbringing. And for those of us who are grandmothers or grandpas, those of us who are moms or dads, we see the importance of instilling into our children's life even at a young age because that's where the shaping begins. That's where we are called to train up our children in a way that they should go so that when they're old, they're not depart from that. To teach them the things of God, but also to teach them the direction that God has for them. How many of us here came from kind of Christian families? Moms and dads, grandparents, maybe we love Christ. You know what? Praise God. Those of us who grew up in a, in a God-given legacy, because you have been given a good foundation. But know this, that your life is not defined by who your mom and your dad were. Your life is not defined by the great things that they did. It's a great start, but God has a plan and a purpose for you that may be totally different, and he wants to speak to you in what he has for you. 
And for those of you who may be sitting there right now and say, man, I didn't have that. I'm way behind. You know what? I would say this too. Praise God because you are not defined by your mom or your dad. Praise God because you are not defined by your past. No, in Christ Jesus, you are brand new. And God can do an incredible new thing in you and in your life to break old cycles, to leave those things past. It doesn't matter what our past was. It may have shaped us, but God's got a new thing for us. I've learned this very personally myself because when I met my uh, wife in college, um, she, uh, see, I was the church kid. Okay, I grew up with all the knowledge. She came from zero church background. Church was this uh, kind of weird, hard thing. But what I have learned today is that God is able to take whatever our paths are and, and to uh, bring us to fulfill our purposes. For those of us who grew up in church stuff, there's some baggage that we have that God wants to work through. For some of us who maybe didn't, there's some baggage there too that God wants to work through. But God takes whatever our background is and he calls us to a purpose that he has for us. And so in our families and in church, and if you didn't come from a Christian family, praise God that you are here in a church because we are the family of God. And in Christ Jesus, we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we come together as a church and we are here for one another that we can build that foundation today, no matter what your age is. Some of you feel like, well, my days are past. No, they have just begun here. Another thing that we, we learn as Paul writes to Timothy, he writes to him and says, you have a good start. You've had a good groundwork laid in your life. You have a sincere faith. I see your faith. I see your belief in Jesus. And he writes this. He says, for this reason, I need to remind you, young Timothy, to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. What we learn about this passionate, purposeful life is that it includes the following. Number one, it includes gifting, the gift of God in each one of us. Now, there, there's some question about what actually is, is this gift that we're talking about with Timothy. Is it just kind of natural abilities of things he's able to do? Uh, is this the Holy Spirit that has been gifted to every follower of Jesus? Is this the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit brings to each one of us. And the reality is, uh, the gifting is all that God gives us in his grace and his mercy. It's the gift, not because we've earned something, but that God decides to give to each one of us. In our natural makeup, you know God said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so before we were formed in our mother's wombs, God knew us, and he put us together with our personalities, uh, our makeups, our, our natural giftings and abilities. You know, Jesus said before he left this earth that he was given the gift of the Holy Spirit, that not only would we know God, but God would live in us and work through us. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you, and he gives specific gifts to be used. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, that every follower of Jesus is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, that we would be built up in him. So we have, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are gifted. You have the gift of God within you, in your natural abilities, the Holy Spirit that he's placed inside of us, and the gifts that he gives us to be about his work, both in the church and beyond, out into the world. We also learn that this passionate, purposeful life includes calling. 
here, uh, this is said to Timothy, remember when I laid hands on you. This laying on of hands is a symbolic of being called and being commissioned. If we were to look back to the first letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, uh, we see what this looked like for Timothy. It says this, uh, do not neglect the gift that you have. So um, Paul had had to say this to Timothy before. It was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. You see, apparently there had been a, a prophetic message about Timothy, this young leader, that he would be used for God's great work. And so the elders of the church there called him up and they laid hands on him, symbolic of commissioning, of sending him out. And they, they prayed that, that God would, would use him. And then Timothy went out to this church and he was the pastor of this church. Now that was Timothy's distinct calling. Now sometimes pastors, uh, workers in the church, missionaries uh, will be called in a specific way. But here's how, what we need to understand. We are called and commissioned. All of us are given the commission by Jesus to be a part of disciple-making work, to be his witnesses in this world. Now, not all of us will look the exact same thing. Some of us, when we come and we uh, pray with people, there will be words of prophecy and messages that are spoken into our life that God has laid. Another reason that we need to be in community. There will be insights that people in your discovery group see about you that are able to say, hey, you would be really good about this. Uh, there will be times that people pray for you, and, and you will just hear God speak to you. Maybe it will be in some other way as well. We're going to talk about what calling looks like. But this is what we need to know is that we are all called and given a purpose in this life. Now, that doesn't all mean that we are all going to be pastors and missionaries. In fact, for those of you uh, who are out in the workplace today, you know, I believe that you are right where God would have you be whether you're working in the medical profession, whether you're working in science, whether you're working janitorial duties, uh, whether you're serving lunches somewhere, whatever it is, God has you in that workplace for a purpose. He has called you for this season of life to be there. And, and maybe you're in a season where you're in, in preparations right now for what God has in front of you. You're getting a degree or you're doing some continuing education or, or you're in kind of the, the reality of parenthood and they, there's some education right there as well. That God is doing in us. But God has called us to a purpose. And finally we learn that his passionate purposeful life includes a fanning of the flame. It includes fanning. And, and there's a, a wonderful picture here. It's a picture of the fire. And if we've been sitting by a campfire we know that what happens over time is what is a blazing fire begins to die down. And there need to be more logs that are put on the fire. There needs to be fresh wind that is applied to the fire so that it doesn't grow cold just down to the embers. But is built up and it is raging and, and roaring that fire. And what Paul writes to Timothy, he says this, fan into flame. Don't let it die down. And so that fanning includes all of the, the choices, the decisions, the opportunities that God brings us to, that, that we are to do, those choices that we made, because the, the fanning of the flame means that we are actively part of it. God has, by his grace, gifted us. God, by his grace, has called us. God, by his grace, is involved in the fanning, fanning through his spirit, but he also calls us to be active in that, to, to make the choices, that make the decisions, that put us back in a place 
where we are hearing from God, where we are being encouraged, we're being spurred on. So when we gather together on a Sunday morning, after the, the long week that has beaten us down, that has taken our passion, that has led us distraction in all this place, we come back and we're reminded that God loves us in his grace. And we worship together and we celebrate what God is doing. And we're reminded that as part of the church, this community, this body of his people, that, that, that we're part of it. That, that God is calling us to something more than ourselves. That he's calling us to his great work. And so when we sit during our day, when we sit in God's word, when we sit and we pray and we hear God's voice among all the other voices that are out there, then that flame, the gift of God that is in us, doesn't smolder, doesn't die out, but it glows brightly. Now, that's another reality that we have about this, this, this flame, is that it can smolder, and it can burn out. That is why Paul needed to write to Timothy and remind him. Because Timothy needed the reminder. It's not just a new truth that he learned back in 1 Timothy or whenever he was following Paul all around. Uh, even though he had learned the truth, the truth got cloudy, it got fuzzy. What we learn as we read the books of 1 and 2 Timothy is that uh, as a young man, that he dealt a lot with discouragement. That he dealt... Uh, a lot with uh, kind of being sensitive to what others were saying. In fact, we read things that say, uh, as a young leader, that there were older people in the church that were uh, kind of taking his passion away, that were giving him a hard time. And so we find Timothy is this uh, leader that finds himself. Uh, he had been the apprentice of this great leader, this example. Now he finds himself in a situation where he's been given a calling uh, he has the pressure of, hey, everybody laid hands on me. Now I need to go out and do something about it. Uh, he uh, is in a situation where the culture is difficult. There's lots of different voices, and he's getting discouraged, and he's getting lost. And in that, God's voice, not just Paul's voice, comes to him and says, remember the gift that I put in you. Remember the calling that I gave you. And come back. Let's fan that flame together. To be about the work that I've called you to be. And many of us, we need this encouragement today as well. Because just like Paul wrote to Timothy, he actually wrote to him while Paul was on death row. And he's writing to Timothy and he's basically saying, Timothy, you are the one that is out there now. You are the one that I've got you are the one to fulfill this. My time has passed, but you are the one that's out there. And I think very much that God would speak to us today and say, you're the one that I've got. You're the one that I've got in that workplace. You're the one that I've got on that campus. You're the one that I've got in that neighborhood. You're the one that I've placed right where I have you to now. Jesus could have come himself and did it, but he said, uh, no, I am now sending you to go out. And so you are the one that God has called to be where he has you today. Now, we know our truth, right? We know our theological truth, okay? We've already talked about it today. It's that this, that we are all give, gifted. We are all gifted. We are all called by God to first come into a relationship with him through Christ Jesus and then to do the good works that he planned for us to do in ages past. And finally, we are all given opportunity 
to fan and to flame the gift. We're given opportunities. I know sometimes it's hard to see, but I, I believe, especially for us in the church here in America, we have been blessed mightily with resource. We've been blessed mightily with opportunity. We have the world at our fingertips in many ways, and I believe that God will call us to account for the stewardship of those resources and of that blessing to say, what did you pursue? Did you pursue what I have for you? There's many things in our life that keep us from fulfilling the purpose that he has for us. There's many things that get us down. And us, maybe like Timothy, we're feeling that sense of discouragement. Or maybe this morning we'll get kind of uh, in, inspired or, or want to be a part of this. But we do in our days, we face uh, discouragement. We face what I call these flame killers that tend to, you know, kind of pour water uh, on the spark even before it's getting going. And, and some of those, some of our common flame killers, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you can think about what that is. But some of us, it is our past. Maybe we feel like we are locked into our past. Maybe our family upbringing. Maybe our past mistakes and that those are what define us. Maybe that's what it's kind of saying, okay, uh, I, I don't know that I can be about anything good for God. Uh, maybe it's that you've stepped out before and you've had an experience that has caused you uh, to step back. You stepped out to trust and you were excited one day, but then the other voices came in. They discouraged you and knocked you off your feet. And so you say, I'm not going to do that again. That was a lot of hurt. There's a lot of discouraging voices that when you step forward for God's purposes, our culture, other people in our lives who would say, ah, you can't do that. And once again, we hear that. Maybe it's just a lot of distracting voices that come in. We, we know God has a purpose and a plan for us, but hey, there's a lot of other voices. Now, say what you should really do is this. What you should really do is this. Culture's telling us constantly, this is what you need to do for your well-being. This is what you need to do for your family. In the midst of all those voices, are we hearing God's voices? In the midst of distracting voices, we get very busy, and I know many of us are just overwhelmed right now. We don't know. There's lots of good things that are pouring over. There's lots of good things, but we're missing God's thing for us. And so we need to do some sorting through that. For some of us, we step forward and it just gets hard. When we go about God's work, it gets hard. It's, it's work and it's, it's a pursuit. It gets hard. Or maybe we're afraid that it will get hard. Life is kind of comfortable right now. We've kind of settled in. And so why would we want to do anything to lead to discomfort? But that is the call of Jesus. Some of us may not know where to begin, and we hope that this series will accomplish this. But for today, uh, let me tell us where we begin, and it's with the gospel of Jesus. Because Paul writes to Timothy, like we need to hear today, for this reason, because of the discouragements, fan into flame the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. And he says this, because I have not given you a spirit of fear. I've given you a spirit of power. I've given you a spirit of love. I've given you a spirit of self-control. And what he's saying there is, I have put my power within you. Yes, there's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of things that will get in your way. But if I am with you and you're about my work, I will provide. 
I'm with you. We have power together. I've given you love so that your heart stays focused, that it's not about achieving your glory, but it's about loving God and loving others and advancing his glory. And he also said, I've given you self-control and a sound mind because, let's face it, when we step forward to do what God has to do, there's a lot of things to navigate in this world. But he said that I will help you to navigate those things through your mind and through practically walking through those things. Where we begin is with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because of all the purposes that are out there, what we believe is no matter what your past is, Jesus went to the cross for your past. And in him you have newness of life. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. Jesus went to the cross, lived a perfect life, and died a perfect death so that your past would be forgiven and you are created new in Christ Jesus. Whatever those other voices are saying around you, uh, Jesus is the one who says, I have a plan. I have a purpose for you. You're not defined by others' plans or purpose for you. You're defined by my plan or purpose. And I've given you my spirit to be able to do that. He says these purposes are not just for good earthly stuff to get stuff here, but they're eternal purposes that go on uh, beyond this world and into eternity in our relationship with God. God has called us, again, as it says in Ephesians 2, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. To do the good works that he has called us to do before the ages began. And so as we come to this place, surrounded by all these other things, we come to a a point where the gospel is great. And and the gospel defines who we are. That we're not defined by our past, but God has a new hope and a new future. We're not defined by the world, but we're defined by our God. So the question for today is this. Are we fanning into flame the gift of God that is in us? And we come to a point of decision at this point. Where are we going to be uh, about fear? Are we going to be about faith? Are we going to be about the things of this earth? Are we going to be about the things of eternity? Are we going to be about what others say about us? Are we going to be about what God says about us? And are we going to decide to walk in that path to pursue what he has for us? So let's go before our God this morning. God, just so thankful for your grace. God, you know where we've been these past week, the past months, past year, past years. You know where we're feeling today, where we showed up to this place. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take the words that have been mentioned here, the words that we've read in your word, that you would help us to understand them. God, Heavenly Father, help us to know your love, your grace, your mercy. Help us to understand how it is that you've created us with calling and purpose, and God, that you want to guide us through that. Jesus, thank you for taking our sin on the cross, dying for us. Thank you for giving us the gift of your Holy Spirit, who leads us day after day after day, moment by moment, to be about what you've called us to be about. God, we thank you. God, I pray for those who have known these truths who have walked with you, who can maybe even today look back at a day when when the flame burned bright, 
when there was so much hope, when there was so much passion, but something over the years has caused that flame to die down. And maybe even as we've entered a new year, there was a glimmer of hope, but these first weeks have just caused it to wane again. Say it's just another year, another just going through the, the motions. Jesus, I pray that you would light us on fire again, that where we've grown cold, that you would cause that flame to burn brightly, that as we sit here and worship, that you would stir our hearts to know your love, to know your grace. While all of our heads are bowed, I just want to tell us once again about the one who lived such a passionate, purposeful life for you. His name is Jesus, where he, though he was God, came because of his passion for you, came and walked on this earth, lived a perfect life, died a perfect death so that you could live for him for all eternity. He came and he lived for that purpose and you were his purpose, you were his joy, you were the one that he came and that he loves you so much, he knows where you've been. He's ready to extend his grace to you today. And if you're in a place where you need his grace, you need his new start, you need that passion to burn in you, it starts by knowing Jesus. And so just in your seats where you are, you can just pray with your heads bowed. Say, Jesus, I'm beginning to see who you are. I'm beginning to see who I can be in you. I want the life that you have for me. Thank you for dying that death on the cross for me. I want new life in you. Jesus, come and make me new. I give you my life. Take it, it's yours. Help me to live for you. All God's people said amen. We're going to spend time reflecting and responding and we really want to encourage you to start by just listening to the Holy Spirit, just listening to what it is that God is saying to you, what is he calling you to do, um, what gifts has he given you, what opportunities has he placed in front of you so that you can be on this track to having this passionate, purposeful life. You know, John mentioned that that happens together in community one of the best ways that we can encourage one another, that we can help to fan that flame is through prayer. And I really want to encourage you this morning to go and receive prayer. And the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing and to give thanks in all circumstances. And there are people who will be over here at the prayer corner who would love to do that with you, who would love to pray with you, to encourage you um, and the gifts that you have, the abilities that you have to help you see opportunities to be passionate, to be purposeful with your life. And so just really encourage you to go and take advantage of that. Be together in this. Um, and finally, when you've had time to pray, when you have time to respond, to come and take communion and to celebrate what Christ did on the cross for us, how he took that old self and nailed it to the cross and it died so that it wasn't who we were anymore. Um, and so if you put your faith in Christ, we encourage you to come and to celebrate 